Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy there, Airheads. Welcome back to Putting On Airs. I'm Trey. Who's that? Hello, hello, good sir. It's Corey Ryan Forster, Lord of the Manor. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, here we are in the manor doing it. Um, So we got some fun stuff today. I'm going to talk about uh, another area where I think the interest of the fancy and the trash overlap, which is taxidermy. That'll (laughs) be fun. Uh, And you're going to do a little Professor Cho action on the subject of... Butlers. Everybody wants one. Not everybody can have one. No, the or can they? Okay, well, you will, you will inform us as to that a little later. But first, we're going to do some uh, little uh, catching up, I guess. So in the last episode, a couple things happened. First, we're talking about nights and shit. Let's just officially you know. call this the putting on airs ketchup, and that way we can end up branding that. Onto a bottle onto of Onto a ketchup, bottle of ketchup, which, is, which is a thing over there and here. Like, that's a... Yeah, I know it's a... I'm just saying, like... <laughs> I know ketchup's that, a thing I know, over there, but it's a tr- I'll be. no motherfucker. But it's also like a trash <laughs> thing. Like over here, people are like Ooh, ketchup on steak. Ketchup is trash, but over there, like they, their fancy people use ketchup too, don't they? Oh, I don't know. I think they do, I but mean, over I, here, fancy people don't use ketchup. Yeah, I mean they put beans on toast and shit. It, That's know, what I'm saying. Like me. ketchup is like way more acceptable i think ketchup is like way more it don't make you trash it don't make i don't think so okay that's all i meant you piece of shit before you just oh oh, they got ketchup over there yeah putting on there's ketchup here we go we were talking about nights and shit and after the fact they're in the interim producer russ has apparently found some clips that illustrate some of this action i guess in the modern day i haven't seen them i'm gonna see them for the first time so yeah, and um, we would probably won't even pay, play the audio on them. They're really, it's unnecessary probably okay. to hear okay. it. Uh, but yeah, so a couple of funny little <clears throat> clips that I found that uh, just made me think of maybe some future pre-recorded segments <laughs> oh, man. for you I guys. Did not expect you know to since be you guys octagon. might have another argument about squirrels or something. So this might be how we have to settle it. This is my world's colliding right here. It's kind of like pro wrestling. Kind of like pro wrestling, yeah. Shit, yeah. Skid it, boy. I mean, they're really God damn. them. Dude, got him down. <laughs> ground him in, and pound. Going to get him in full mount, but ground and pound. running him through. Oh, yeah. shit. With a saber. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy Holy shit. What he's the dead. fuck, dude? I was not expecting that. This okay, ref, like, I don't know. I don't no, like he's he out, right? Out. Like he's out cold? Yeah. I like it. Buddy, I did not I think did not this was know. a thing. 
I, I thought this was about to be some like that Dolly Parton me too. type shit, me too, like medieval 100%. times. I had no idea it was going to be that, for lack of a better word, metal. Yeah. Dude, it was metal yeah. as fuck, dude. We got to go. I mean, I don't want to mean you to fight like that, but like we got to go to one of them events. That, that looks fucking balling as shit, don't it? Dude, yeah, like you said, I thought it was some like... Like you said, like a show. Stamp, yeah, a show where it's all, they've got choreographed moves. And especially shit like when that. I, I was saw, not expecting them to just brain that motherfucker with a <laughs> no, buckler. No, especially when, uh, especially when I saw that they were in. Like I was like, oh, that like this is going to be some sort of like, what if these guys were professional wrestlers? Therefore, yes. choreographed or whatever. Yes. But like, dude, that guy might have to be in the hospital. Yeah, like he just got the shit knocked out of him. Also, presumably lost the favor of the maiden fair. Yeah. <laughs> I assume those uh, suits work, though. Um, <laughs> here's another uh, one more uh, event for Russ. You is it okay that I can't hear you coming through here? What's that? I can't hear you in my monitor. I don't think. No. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I was just making sure. Yep. Uh oh, it's jousting. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Damn. Once again, dude. I did not realize these guys Go, kept it so as hard. real no, as they do. I didn't either. I, I mean, that pussy ass, uh, dude, LARPing shit. shit. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we got to do on Patreon. Trey is just like play all these without the audio, and me and you commentate it. Yeah, as though we are doing Monday Night Football. Yeah, that would help. Yeah, yeah, dude. So, anyways, when we, when the show's on, you know, TLC or whatever. We'll have you guys do this. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, no, I, I'm glad you showed us that because I did not. I knew that. I knew that shit like that went on. But like I said, I thought it was some Renaissance fair. Well, kind of bullshit. I didn't know they went that ham, dog. Well, That's when wild. I when hell when I was when I was researching for nights and stuff, I looked up videos of them doing, and all I could ever see was like the Renaissance fair stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool or whatever. But like, dude, I mean, again, like, Russ with that I'm real not, shit. I hate to be this guy, but I'm not certain that what that one fella was doing with his shield to that man's head or it be legal. Like, yeah, that right. was pretty rough, dude. Like, Yeah, man. Yeah, like, goddamn. I'm for it. I want to go to one of those, though. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. I mean, matter of fact, based on what you were saying about Knights, that wasn't even legal back then, was it? I mean, <laughs> like, so... Because Knights were supposed to be, like, protected knights, or whatever. So Knights followed the chivalric code or whatever, and when Knights did... If, if two Knights both got knocked off their horse, which was rare... They could go to a ground a ground and pound type battle situation, um, and then there would always be like a clear like, look, I'm on top of you. I've got the high ground. It's over. And then, kind of like in ancient Roman times, there would be like the crowd like, let him live, or like kill him, and like then there would be the whole thumbs. But the knight determined he could decide whether to fucking kill the dude or not, and it really just depended on. You know who who the knight was, and I probably his relationship to that dude and what type of mood he was in. But like chivalry states that like you should definitely let him go and it's fine. But I'd say that like you know if that feller's fair maiden had been caught fucking another you know mud bog wench or something mm-hmm. that day, he'd probably slice that dude's throat out of rage. Okay. Yeah. Well, goddamn, that was some shit. Yeah, that, um, that was some shit. All right. So, yes, Russ mentioned we got into a little tiff last time on the subject of squirrels and how romantic they are or whatever the fuck we was talking about, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and 
we just want to let people know that'll happen from time to time. It is know. kind of our personality. Yeah, we we the only time we ever fight is about the most dumbest shit, ridiculous shit. We fought imaginable. about to me, to my knowledge, we fought about three things, and it was corn nuts, yeah, uh, dinosaurs, uh-huh. and, and now squirrels. No, you missed one. One of the dumber ones, in my opinion. The actual the first fight we ever had in our I thought friendship. the first fight we ever had in our friendship was first, corn nuts. The first fight we ever had in our friendship was over, and again, I've since admitted I was very wrong. I was wrong the whole time. It was over which one of us would be better to eat. Oh, yeah, Russ. For a can- I, you, We don't have to do this. It's you. Okay, right. <laughs> it's you. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking at the time. Yeah. Just couldn't. Couldn't let you have it. I don't know. I didn't. You were still trash then. Like you were way still way trash, trash and I, you didn't yeah. understand marbling. I guess you're I was right. gonna say. Yeah. yeah, I feel like yeah, like you all you'd ever had in your whole life marbling. was sirloin. Yeah. yeah. Also, you've been you know marinating yourself for a long time. Yeah. And everything pickling myself, with all that real uh, brine, less co- less cholesterol though. And yeah. Try, so. Oh, for sure. A, yeah. yeah. Just gotta marinate them. Yeah. Really good. You can but, make me hit to eat. Of course. But like you would just be But you'd be like brisket. You'd be like <laughs> Wagyu or however they say. Yeah, Wagyu or whatever. Wagyu, it is. Wagyu yeah. well, who, who fuck knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. So anyways, I I have something to say about the the uh disagreement. Please. Everybody so, got something to say about squirrels. Uh, yeah, so you know, I'm kind of uh a novice at this uh producing podcast. So I hope the fans think that uh, they doing love a pretty you, good producer job Russ. On this so far, uh, so but I was like wondering how do what do I do here? Uh, because I really <laughs> felt I saw you don't know us Corey, that well. I don't do know I you that well, cops? but yeah. I do have good friends that I've been friends with for my whole life. That yeah. obviously we argue about dumb shit as well. Uh, so, but I'm like, what is my role here? Yeah. Uh, because really, the one thing I was concerned about is Corey was getting very animated and bumping <laughs> the set. That just took us so long to get right. So that's one thing that I was worried about. But I thought about it when I left, and I was like, you know, this is their show. Uh, technically, if you smash the set or a light or cameras, you're just going to have to buy new ones. right? Uh, and... You know, it is what it is. Uh, also, people enjoy that kind of thing, too. Uh, and maybe they have their own ideas about squirrels and their ability to love and all that. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure they sure fired they off That's the a comments. viral sure video. So I decided I, I'm never going to stop you from an argument like that again. We're going to just let it happen. And if the episode's two hours yelling about squirrels, it's- then that's what it is. Um, so yeah, anyways, learned a little something, uh, took a decision in an artistic it's so direction. Fu- it's so funny to think about like, cause I'm, I'm just so used to like everybody right. we deal with knowing exactly who we are, but like, right. and re- we've gotten to know Russ, but like, it's right. so funny that like me and you sitting here screaming about squirrels. He's like, oh shit. I bet. Have you done that a lot as a comedian? I find myself in that. Not, yes. not so much since the pandemic. You don't started, understand that I, people don't know you. Yes. The way that. that hap- I feel like that happens to me all the time. I'll yeah. say something that it would totally hit uh, to us me. or in yeah. a green room or whatever, but in front of like at total civilians, yeah, you know, normies. friends of Katie's or something like that. And oh. they're like horrified. And I'm not talking about racist shit or whatever. Just no. Just it's like. Dark. Just, dark. Dark. Yeah. Something that's real dark or whatever. And it oftentimes don't hit for regular people. No, it very much doesn't. <laughs> and like, I'm so conditioned to like, I only hang out with comedians. Right. 
that like once you like it's like Brooks from fucking Shawshank going back out into the world just like the damn world got themselves into such a big hurry but with us it's just like nobody wants to talk about you know suicide suicide <laughs> But I will I will say one thing though, just one caveat. So I'll never break up any fight again. But I think the energy got a little sucked out for the last segment. Because how yesterday. can you follow that? How because you I could tell yeah. you yeah. were both still pissed off. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll just have to have you guys have, sh uh, you know, like it's not short memories and uh, just, just like a squirrel jump back on it. I'm uh, take a break or something. So, yeah, I wasn't so much pissed off as I was concerned about my friend Trey, who, you know, just doesn't like I don't know. I just get worried about him. Believe that squirrels write poetry and shit or whatever you were saying. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. Yeah. They don't recognize themselves in a fucking mirror. You think they're having funerals and shit? OK, well, listen, we're not. OK, we're not. Again, we're not doing it right now anyway. There was another element of sort of housekeeping that I um, we had talked on a previous episode about how British comedians were allowed to be fancy and, in fact, encouraged to be fancy and intellectual, you know. And I had this uh, quote from famed British comedian David Mitchell, which I thought really illustrated that. And it came off the cuff, too. But it's just the type of thing I feel like you could never imagine an American comedian uh -huh. saying in this way. So they were on this... British panel show called Would I Lie to You, where it's like you make a statement. Bob Mortimer? Try, he's on there, too. But yeah. it was, but they have a bunch of different comedians. You make a statement. The other team tries to determine if you're lying or not by asking you questions. Yeah. You know, and it's like I was once trapped in a fucking racetrack uh, garbage bin for two hours yeah. or something like that until a small person rescued me or, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And because they're all whimsical over there, sometimes that shit's true. Right. But, uh that'd how, be true for me too right, that's how it worked yeah. yeah you would crush it this show anyway but that's how it works david mitchell was telling some long kind of drawn out story and another comic on the other side goes all right mate get to the point right and mitchell just loses his shit and he goes get to the point is not an admonishment one can properly make in the midst of a parlor game god he's like there is no point <laughs> this is an inherently pointless affair we are whiling away our finite time before the grave <laughs> by the way you say that's off the cuff and i believe that it was in that moment i bet you that he's had to do that before yeah, you know, i bet you a lot of people have said to david mitchell get to the point yeah. mate and he just had that fucking teed up yeah but that is just absolute poetry i know right that is beautiful Fucking poetry emotion. also I'm he's saying, right he is right yeah 100 right but i'm just saying like on a american comedian game show or that would whatever, never happen you ain't ever hearing no lines like no that, we just go ever. shut the fuck up yeah make a joke about their mama or some shit right like exactly and again it would hit it would smash <laughs> of course it would we do hit <laughs> of course we hit real hard but they just have this whole different dynamic mm -hmm. going on and we already talked about it but yeah i meant to share that quote and i didn't because i think about it a lot so the uh brief little intro topic i wanted to ask you about is um so you know we both love uh butter things more than almost anything. Things made with butter. Yeah. Things which butter makes hip. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Just butter. Like, yeah. So I really hope that you do this because otherwise it's just about to make me look real stupid. And I don't just like, I'm not just like passing through the kitchen and think I'm going to get me a slice of butter. Like, I don't think that. But like when I'm cooking, 
And like, cause I often use different butters. Like when I go to the, the fresh market or whatever, and I see that there's a new Danish butter they've got, I'm like, oh, I'll try this one. Like I, I use good butters to cook with and stuff like that. And whenever I'm putting some in there, I always peel myself off a little sliver and just kind of eat it like a fucking cow starburst. You know what I mean? Just to see, just to, <laughs> just, just, just to taste it, to see what I'm working with. And mm-hmm. like every time I do, I'm just like, I could fucking eat this whole stick, man. Like just by itself. Like, do you? Are you that way? No, but uh, oh, but, man. <laughs> that was it for me. Matter of fact, I remember a tiny sliver. By the way, like a yeah. ribbon, like a ribbon. Hey. I ain't hating. Right. I ain't hating. Do I got to know what it that? tastes like. No. Yeah, it would taste like butter that hits. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Like you said, you just you just treating yourself. Yeah, I mean, I used to eat butter sandwiches as a kid. Not on toast? It was somewhat toasted, but it was mostly just large pats of unmelted butter in between two pieces of bread. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that hits. <laughs> it does hit. I mean, it's like uh, a roll, you know. So the reason I ask is because, like... You know, we shit on the French every now and then or whatever, but like... Right of passage. In terms of butter and making it hit and cuisine in general, yeah. uh, every head must bow, every tongue must profess, the French... They got invented it. ...invented all that shit. Yeah. They're the ones who make it hit the most in terms of cuisine, right? They yeah. fucking drown everything in butter and fucking duck butt and all that shit they do, <sighs> right? And it smashes. Right. But... They ain't big old fat fucks no, like we are. Not at all. They're Complete all opposite. fucking little. They're all built like Mark Maron wearing a mime shirt. I was about to say they're all built like mimes. <laughs> yeah, wearing a mime shirt, smoking cigarettes yeah. and shit. You know, fuck you, you are the pigs. Yes, you uh, are the pigs, the Americans. Yeah, uh, and do you know that's actually <laughs> that's not just an observation we're making here. That's a recognized thing with a name. That's called the French paradox. Like the rest of the world has asked the same question. How are they not big fat fucks over it, there? And nobody really knows. I mean, is it because <laughs> they also like? I mean, I'm sure ride that, bikes everywhere or whatever the fuck they or ride. The Dutch, I guess. Well, they walk. I'm sure that I, I just always assume in European countries everybody's walking everywhere because, like, and they I only fuck s- a lot. They do fuck a lot. They smoke a lot of cigarettes. That helps. Then maybe, and obviously, like they surely they don't eat the portion sizes that we eat, right? I don't know. Every time they leave the grocery store, there's at least three baguettes Bag- sticking out the top right. of the bag. Everybody knows that. No, that's actually true. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like that—that is—that is bizarre. Because yeah, again, it's like a recognized thing that doesn't have an answer. They like it was theorized for a while that it was something to do with red wine. There's something in red wine that can help combat the effects of fat fat tree, but that's been disproven. That's, I was about to say because like if that so you're telling me that if I just started, it's like oh it's all the wine they drink that makes them not fat. It's like that ain't that's that, trust me in my experience that that's the, it. not it at all. No, no wine will blow you smooth up. That's what I'm saying. Just wine, butter, cheese, and baguettes. Because like but that, they all that isn't it them that came up with like the puff pastry. Yes. Okay. Will you? Because it always blows my mind. But will you? Will you walk me through the puff pastry shit? Because like it's way more insane than people think, right? So you make a sort of standard pastry dough and lay it out in a sheet. Then you also take a cold slab of butter and you hit it with a hammer and make it flat and rectangular. Yeah. And you put that in the middle of the pastry sheet. Fold the rest of the pastry over it and seal it up. So it's like you got a little butter envelope a butter dough envelope yeah. which hits obviously and then you roll that out until it's like flat and thin and then you flip it over onto itself a couple times so now you have 
dough, butter, dough, butter, dough, butter, dough. Yeah. You know, because you fold it over itself like that, and then you roll it out again, and you do that again, and you keep doing that over and over, resting it in the fridge for almost an hour at a time, multiple times, so it takes hours to do this the right, right way. But at, by the time you've done that and made enough layers, it's supposed to be like, you know, dough, butter, dough, butter, dough, butter, dough, all the way down through, which is why it's like flaky and airy. Right, like how many layers? Because it's like a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, like a shitload. Yeah, like it's one of them things where they're <laughs> I don't like have the actual number, but like because uh, it's exponential. Every that's time, what I'm saying. They're like, yeah, it's it one of multiplies. Where they're like if you so, fold, if you fold it like two or three more times, it could like go to the moon. Yeah, or right. some shit like yeah. whatever that shit is. You remember hearing yes, that? Yes, it's something to do with. Like, How does that folding? make sense? Dude, numbers are just wild that way. No, they are. I don't have it. The numbers are wild. I mean, I'm number dumb, but numbers are fucking wild. Like. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but let's bookmark that. It, I don't know how fancy it is, but actually, I would like to talk about some of that. Like, I need to look it up. Look, but there's some. If stuff. you're asking me, I think math is one of the fanciest things in the world. Sure, yeah. All these fucking snobby ass fucking fact knowers and stuff are be fucking with math. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's bookmark that. And I, I also they find, got different math over there's there. There's some real wild examples of what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. That I can't just come off the dome with, but I want to look them up and well, share them because they're fucking insane. Well, so my, we'll circle back to well, that. My example, numbers is some shit, but They are. Mine is when I'm looking at pizzas. Yes. On, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Not like you'll, yet. Like you'll, you'll, be, <laughs> like, you'll be looking at a menu, and it's like 12-inch, $14, you know, 20-inch, uh $22, and then it'll kind of be like that, and then they'll get up to, like, this behemoth 64-inch, and all of a sudden, it's like $85 or some shit like that, and they're like, we well, don't understand, like, the way that the inches on the pizza work. Like, it's going like this, but then it's, like, going like this, and so, therefore, the four inches over here changes the price like this, but once you get up here, it's, like, exponential pizza growth or something like that, and that's why this pizza is, like, $85, and that pizza right there, which seems like it would not be that much smaller than this pizza, is actually, like, $25. You never just looked at pizza's prices and just been like, what the fuck is going on here? Son, yo brain. I'm telling you. It don't Fuck work. It. Had you gone to college, this would have been your senior thesis right here. <laughs> right. Like, on the exponential properties of pizza, pizza. prices. Uh, yeah. I feel like they just think that we're not going to say nothing. But I think I know what you're saying. It's like, it's, it only, the number is only a couple inches when you talk about diameter. But yes. the area of pizza that yes. is expanded by adding those couple inches of diameter is... A larger lot. than that. It's yeah. a lot, which well, makes it more toppings to cover it, whatever, which makes it more expensive. Yeah, and when you're someone... Although, you said 64-inch pizza. Well, I'm trying to fuck with that. Where I mean, you get this at? for the record, that's I don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. You don't know? You ain't good with inches? No. Yeah, right. No, that might have been the price. I don't yeah. know. I just know that, like, almost every time I go to a pizza place, I end up just going like, man, I mean, I ain't gonna say nothing, but that just seems wrong. You know? <laughs> but, like, they're all doing it. But, like, I don't know if they're all just doing it because they just have, like, some secret handshake. They're like, look, we can just charge way more for that. And people like Corey will just go, I guess it's the fucking transitive property of, like, cheese times this, surface area, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just don't understand pizza math. You know what I mean? You know, most ma most mathematicians look at the distances points the stars. Right. And wonder... <laughs> How can one make sense of that? Mine's pepperoni. Yours is pepperoni. 
I want to talk to y'all about our friends over at Blue Chew. It's time to dig yourself out of that winter hibernation. Spring is here, and it's time to get sprung, baby, with Blue Chew. Talking about your winter. This episode right here is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, get the confidence that you need to take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes time to step up to the plate and knock one out of the winter park. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Tell them about it, Trey Lane. That's right. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead for your business time, or you can just be ready whenever an opportunity arises, if you know what I mean. The process... The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, get approved, and then you'll receive your prescription within days. That's the best part. It's all done on that there internet there. You ain't got to go to the doctor's office. You ain't got to have any awkward conversations. You ain't got to wait in line at the pharmacy. The Blue Chew will send their tablets, which are made right here in the U.S. of A., and they will prepare and ship them directly to your door in a discreet package. It all hits. Yeah, I'm glad that we're getting back out there and th- more things are opening up, but there's certain things that I'm glad still can be done online, and Blue Chew is definitely one of them. When my package comes every month, my wife is the happiest that she can be. There's no going back from this. I'm going to be a Blue Chew customer for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not, because the missus is a huge fan of it. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code POA at checkout, all you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code POA, to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, all right. So, listen, my subject today is uh, taxidermy, mm. which I don't pay mine. We <laughs> we agree that's an area where fancy people and rednecks overlap, right? For sure. Taxidermy, our, our papaws have stuffed bobcats and stuff. There's got stuffed extinct types of panthers. Mammoth, yeah. Yeah, mam- yeah shit like that. Um, so, well, but first, before we get into that, because since we were arguing about the romantic properties of squirrels, I didn't get to all of the things I wanted to say about hunting. And I don't have that much more, but I want to read you this quote because I didn't, well, I don't, we didn't even really get into big game hunting, you know, with like that shit that Teddy Roosevelt did or whatever. Like that's all, we talked about rich people fox hunting. Yeah. But like obviously big game hunting is a huge thing. That was Teddy Roosevelt's whole off. deal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Well, it's still the whole, you know, every like, Donald Trump Jr. or whoever, every few months, somebody like that will have a picture come out on the internet with them holding an elephant's tail yeah. and smiling, and people flip out and about maybe it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like Teddy Roosevelt was doing it the right way. He was just doing it at a time when nobody was yet giving a fuck. Well, about he just, it. I guess my point is, is like he is a man. Yes. So I feel like he was like not just. Not having somebody just raise a lion in a yes. fucking field from yes. birth just to be shot by this guy yes. when they tell him to pull the trigger because they baited the lion to yeah. stand right in front of him or whatever. Yes. From yes. from everything I've 100%. read about Teddy Roosevelt, that part wouldn't hit for him at all. Like the actual right. chase would be the part that hit for him. So, all right, I just want to read you a couple funny, I mean, funny and also fucked up quotes from some right. modern day big game hunters. There's this guy, it's a big guide, a South African big game hunting guy named Ron Thompson. And this article I read, it opens with the line, the most elephants that Ron Thompson has ever <laughs> killed by himself in one go is 32. Oh, man. It took him about 15 minutes. Okay. What kind of goddamn gun was he using? Yeah, I don't, well, what, well, an elephant gun, I assume, right. you know, them big-ass shotguns right. or whatever the fuck they are. I'm gun-dumb, too. But uh, 
And then at the end of the article, it says it explains that situation. In 1971, Thompson and two other hunters were called on to have, so cut in half, the elephant population in a national park in Zimbabwe, killing 2,500 animals using semi-automatic rifles. And a quote from the guy, the three of us were able to kill between 30 and 50 elephants stone dead with brain shots in less than 60 seconds. What a sentence to say. In some cases, we were almost touching the elephants when we pulled the triggers. We did the job that had to be done without any emotion and without any blood loss, and we did it exceptionally well. I think I think the without emotion part, like... Yeah, their dicks were hard. Yeah, I was going to say, when you, when you say that we were, we were almost... <laughs> touching them and but we're able to kill them with stone brain dead shots like right. we we don't think that you had any emotion right another dumb gray eyes yeah the only the i mean like went out of it like coming is an emotion i guess yes. but like what's the point like when they say like they were called upon was so, that there were just way too many elephants this was yes right so this was again 40 years ago or whatever and it was in a place where it's like we want to do something about all these elephants goddamn elephants these goddamn right. elephants this place is lousy with elephants right it's funny if you read this whole article too that like still to this day some of them make the argument like people don't understand how problematic elephants can be okay they step on plants they don't forget they, nothing <laughs> right god damn god forbid Let a mouse go god forbid a mouse shows up they'll freak out and parade over everything right you know, whatever but they're like Trying to justify it by bitching about the harm that elephants cause, so you yeah. gotta murder them from a helicopter or whatever. How the population get so out of control though? Oh, see, I, I think that's where we started really hitting at mm. killing all the animals on mm. Earth. I guess that's part of it. But like, so I want to say because we did mention talking about hunting, we're talking about how there's a little more nuance to it than a lot of people recognize of with like our fucking our buddies shooting deer and shit. And it's like, listen, there's something to that or whatever. There's arguments to be made. Well, yeah, because they're not just going through like, I killed 2,500 so, deer and we just left them laying. So I'm not, I'm, I don't know near oh, that's enough. Cute. I don't know near enough about big game hunting to take a stance on it. But what, People. That will never stop us from talking about True. it or inevitably taking saying, a stance on it. I don't want it. people to think that what I'm about to say is my own opinion because I don't even really have an opinion. But what people on the other side of the argument say is uh, you pay a shit, a rich person pays a shitload of money to go out there and kill some fucking lion or elephant or whatever. And it's in these like parks or wildlife reserves. And what they do is they it's an old ass lion. Yeah. That's going to die soon anyway. Yeah. Not all the time, but that's the idea. It's going to die soon anyway. They identify it. You're allowed to shoot this line. It's going to die soon anyway. You right. give us $30,000. That $30,000 is then put towards conservation efforts in this wildlife preserve. Right. It's, so it's like that's the money that goes into the upkeep of these wildlife preserves. Right. And it's killing animals that were going to die anyway, so they like justify it that way. So people say it's like it's not as evil as it fucking looks. But then other people right. are like, Y'all murder poachers for right. doing the same thing, but the argument is they don't do the same thing. They just kill these animals willy-nilly. Right. Fucking, you Steal know, their tusk and yada, yeah, yada, yada. For yeah. dick purposes. Yeah, so I mean, that, that ain't the same. And again, I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, I hear you, and I always, I also always have these conflicting like thoughts when it's like, when it comes to like the ultra-wealthy and, and, and 
this isn't because like, oh, one day I aspire to be one of these people and therefore I'm just kind of backtracking on everything. Yeah, I was like, listen, when we well, shoot when, a tiger one yeah, day. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But no, it's just like when, <laughs> when people go like, uh, you know, like a, like a rich fucking person throws like an insanely lavish party or something like that and you hear the number, or like an insanely lavish wedding, you know, and you hear all the money that was spent on this wedding and you're like, Jesus Christ, like they could have taken that same amount of money and cured this or blah 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 and i'm like I, don't get me wrong i hear you on that however it's not like they did just piss that money down the toilet like the catering people got, got paid, paid right, you yeah. know the dj got paid like all these people like they had a kind of a mini economy in there yeah so stimulating like stimulating the local dj so economy, honestly man. i actually like it when they do that more than when they just sit on all their wealth and don't spend it on shit and just like you know uh uh, uh what's the word uh yeah, but the thing is, they turn around and, you know, no, they spend $3 million on some dinosaur bones. No, I know. It's like, sure, the dinosaur help. bone man, he's got food done right, for the right, next right, month. Right. But like, no, that, of, <laughs> course, of course there's that. But right. I'm just saying there are situations where you like go. all them boats and all them yachts and shit we're talking about, they've got crews. Those yeah, crews have family. And, they get, right, know, exactly. Right. Like, so, I mean, like, I, I'm all for them spending their money and putting it out into the, like, yeah, again, like they have a lavish party and some fucking catering company gets to make their nut for the whole year. Like, hell yeah, take that shit from them. But like, hey, yeah, I mean, I guess if that, that, but it's just so funny to be like, then the money goes back into conserving, which is like the opposite of what they were doing. So like, I don't know. Well, again, the argument is, yeah, the rich people don't give a fuck about conserving, but right. they're using the money for conservation and it's, and the, animal that gets murdered to death is one that was on its way out anyway. Right, whatever. and the Zimbabwe so tour guide got paid. Yeah, right. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, but, so, on that net, and then what happens, you kill an animal, a lot of times you want to stuff it, right? You Taxidermy. That's what we're talking about. Comes from the Greek taxis, which means something, and dermis, <laughs> which means skin. skin so, right. I, I think that. it's art, actually. So, skin art, skin art, art. The skin. That's like tattoos. Yeah, and it goes back to ancient Egypt. They had to put all them cats and them slaves with the pharaohs and right. stuff, or it wouldn't hit for the dead pharaohs if they didn't. Right. Right. So, taxidermy kind of has its roots, as most things, I guess, in ancient Egypt. It really picked up steam in the uh, Victorian era. Actually, first, before that, so people don't know, rednecks fucking super into this shit. They love killing something and then putting his head on a wall. Mm -hmm. That heads for them. Yeah, and and it does hit. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I love walking into a buddy's house and he's got a new deer head on his bunch on his of wall. heads on the wall. Yeah, yeah I love that. You don't think that those deer had the capacity to? I'm sorry, we ain't going. Listen, they do hit their. Cool yes, look. I do, but I, also they fed my friends. Yes. I've shot squirrel and ate it before, for the record. Okay, that's fine. Okay, it's just that these other ones died in. We're not gonna. Yeah. When they get hit by a car, it's different. If yes. they're if their soul their soul is at rest if they provided food. Right. But so what our people do is they fucking, you know, make a bass look like it's jumping and pin it to their wall. Yeah. Or take a deer's head or whatever. But they're super into that shit, right? But fancy people do it too, and this is what they do, or at least what they did. You see this picture here. Oh, so, see, I would have thought that was us. Now, now, this is... Because it's like, funny. This is like Victorian-era shit. Taxidermy got really big in Victorian England. For the record, that's rad. And they... Well, they anthropomorphized most For of For those them. that are they just get, listening, it's, it's a... bunny a, rabbit with a gun. Yeah, it's a bunny rabbit with a gun, and, and like he's a got... a Sherlock hat. Yeah, I was about to say, he looks like a detective. There's a... 
precious little kitten playing. Oh. Uh, so they're making like dioramas with him yeah. and stuff. What's? Oh my god. Croquet. Thank you. Croquet. croquet. Yeah. yeah, I was too trash to know, but yes, croquet. croquet. Uh, this dude that made that one, and you can show up some more. Russ, yeah, there you go. He's got these kittens having a tea party. Look this at is, how many dead kittens. I know. <laughs> so, dude, this is, have you seen the movie Dinner for Schmucks? Yeah. yeah. I love that movie. And that's so, obviously what Steve Carell's character does. They even, this is wild to me that anyone gave a shit, but apparently, even at the time in Victorian England, some people were looking at that and they, some people were like, oh, how whimsical and fantastic. You know, I feel like. And it dude, does look like a like Wes Anderson movie. Hit for Wes Anderson. That's yeah. what I was about to say. You yeah. beat me to it. Yeah. Well, that look looks like that. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Look at that. All right. He was saying some stuff. I was saying some stuff. I mean, this is awesome. I know, but I, but so even people. But like, it doesn't, it, like, this doesn't seem like some fancy people shit. This seems like if Paige started an Etsy. Well, it was some fancy people shit, though. It was all the people with their little fucking transparent umbrellas and shit, you know, the, all them Victorians with yeah. their top hats and like, stuff. I feel like these squirrels uh, lived out their purpose. Yes, you know? they did. So, <laughs> what I was going to say is like, well, hold on, hold on now. Don't get into these yet. Hold on. I feel like these squirrels lived, or I eat people back then, believe it or not. Some people back then were like, Yeah, this is real cute and whimsical and stuff, but like, that's a lot of dead kittens. You know, <laughs> like, 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 these are dead animals, dog. Right. And you know? did they did they wait till the kittens died? So, of yes, that dude who all that art was from, he was like the main dead kitten man back in the day, right? Yeah. He was the fucking... You need a dead kitten, that's who you fucking call. Yeah. Well, he had his own dead kitten man. He sourced the dead kittens from local farms and stuff. Yeah. Everybody getting paid. I don't know if they know, people know this, but uh, on farms back then, and probably a lot of farms still today... Lousy with cats. Lousy with dead kittens. Because you got a whole bag of kittens... Yeah. That don't hit. No, it doesn't. So what they Although, do like, they, they leave just, a lot of them around, they, they eat the, the rats. Yes, but, dude, kittens fucking, or cats multiply. Like, I'm not defending this practice. No, this was like, before neutering and shit. No, and I'm I, just saying the reality of it is, fucking, your barn cat had a bunch of kittens. You put it in a sack and, and wait till it stops moving. Yeah. If you don't throw it off a bridge. But you wouldn't throw it off a bridge if you were going to give it to the fucking dead kitten man to make some art with it, right? right. So then you just let them suffocate or whatever. <laughs> anyway, that, like... He wasn't killing none. He was like, listen, these farmers are going to kill these cats either way. Yeah. And now I get them and I make art with them. So he wasn't murdering these little furry creatures, but he had people uh, who would sell him animal corpses, which a quick it's aside, our buddy comedian Travis Irvine and the writer director of Killer Raccoons and Killer Raccoons 2. Yeah, which we were in. Which we were in. It was the number one comedy in America for like two hours. Yeah, during the pandemic because yeah. nothing else was out, but it still has anyway. Yeah. He had a he had a dead raccoon man. Remember, he did it was the same thing. He did. Have he a had dead like rac- an old boy. Was like, you need some dead raccoons. I, I got you. I get you dead raccoon, raccoon by three o'clock, yeah, right. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that industry's still alive and well, I guess. But even back then, people were like, it's not cool for you to kill these kittens and put a golf club in their hand. But if the kitten already died, then by all means, put a golf club in its hand. You yeah, know, right, 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 and, right. Uh, you know, I mean, if hell, they're already dead, like that's fine, right? So. Yeah, it was a huge thing for a while. It still remains big, and a lot of now rich people, now fancy people. Again, it's mostly limited to like stuffing the lion who you murdered on your fucking excursion, yeah, excursion, or the bear or whatever that type of thing. They ain't really posing them at fucking poker tables anymore, for the most part. 
But of course, people have problems with any of this practice nowadays. It's very controversial, I guess. And so what some artists have started doing is making like faux taxidermy, which is like... They this one dude in where you think Portland naturally yeah. hipsters are starting making faux means fake by the way faux everybody. taxidermy people making like fake deer heads with like fucking plaid skin and shit they're yeah. kind of cool looking but sure. listen to this listen to this uh, quote I found from a Portland artist a dead giraffe presiding over the mantle is deeply upsetting but a giant brass giraffe sculpture crafted by Sergio Bustamante Ooh. is Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Sergio Bustamante, the the foremost Renowned giraffe man. Giraffe man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brass giraffe man <laughs> yeah. in the whole game. Absolutely. Yes, very respected in the brass giraffe field. Yes, yeah, shit like that. Thank you, Russ. I mean, well, for yeah. the record, Dude, that's that, cool. That, that, that is, is cool. cool. It is cool. Eat one of these for the studio. Yes, we, we do. One of those. Or just, I'll put a real deer heads up. I don't give a fuck. Or oh, fuck for sure. Me. I'll stuff a squirrel, put it up there. They don't fail. But, uh... <laughs> But so definitely need a couple, a squirrel. couple other things. Our buddy has a deer that he doesn't do a Christmas tree. He just puts a Santa hat and garland on the deer, and then they put all the presents underneath Who? the deer. Can you uh, say? Paul, yeah. Oh yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's on vodka company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Christmas deer. Yeah, got to trim the Christmas deer. <laughs> exactly. He's in Florida. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so couple of things. Number one, apparently, you never believe this. This shit's real hard to do. You don't just the fake take, stuff. You don't. No, no, no. The re, you don't like. You don't just take a fucking badger. Yeah. And scrape all its innards out and stuff a bunch of newspaper up there and yeah. sew it back together. Apparently, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. So Chickamauga has a the one guy that he does all the taxidermy for like everybody in the right. surrounding areas and like I've never really talked to him about it, but like he has people come from. Fucking everywhere, because yeah. apparently it's, it's so a, hard that it's a very a, niche. That's thing what I'm now. saying. Like of, it clearly, a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, it's clearly hard. Otherwise, fucking Mr. Bowers wouldn't be the only motherfucker in like three states that people come to. So before we get to some pretty comical examples of the amateur efforts at doing this, the very pronounced learning curve involved, yeah. and buddy, they are something else. But before we get to those, on the note of it being really difficult. It's a damn good thing it was really difficult because you know how to pass B. Uh, it sucks. And they try real hard to taxidermy people. And yeah, right? Of course they did. You know, they're trying to stuff some pygmies and put it in a fucking smoking room or whatever. Like, that's what they were all about back then. I was actually reading, uh, I was actually reading a David Sedaris book yeah. not long ago. And he was talking about this shop that he goes to in England and they've got like old pygmy skeletons that you can buy and stuff like that and like how big of a deal that was so like absolutely they would have loved it if right. they could have had the entire pygmy but apparently even the best is that tax, racist even to say pygmy yeah yeah I is that like not. is that like gypsy i don't know i don't know i hope not I'm i hope sure not it too. Is. i'm sure it i'm is sure too. it is but we don't mean it no just tell us and we'll God stop bless the little pygmies but, yeah uh but uh <laughs> but apparently the problem was and again this is one of those things it's like Thank God this ain't work out. Because mm-hmm. uh, just imagine the horrifically racist dioramas that would exist from actual fucking corpses right. if they've been able to figure it out. But apparently it has to do with our skin. Something about our skin is almost impossible to 
recreate in a taxidermy right. fashion to where it actually keeps up and looks like skin and doesn't just look like fucking garbage. Right. So for a while they were doing I mean, because like, the second we die, we start kind of not looking like human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like pretty quick. Right. They started for a while, they were just taking the skulls of pygmies. Yeah. And putting like clay over it and yeah. fucking making them smile and hold a fucking spear fiddle, or whatever yeah. the fuck they were yeah. doing, spear and a fiddle both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess that just wasn't really hitting for people. Cause right. like, oh, it's not authentic. This ain't authentic. So yeah. that didn't really fly. And uh, so that never took off. And again, I cannot stress enough. That is good. Very That's good. a good thing. That's one of the few things about the past that ended up working out in a way yeah. that avoided abject horror. Right. Because um, you know that but when not I would have like got drunk and tried to stuff my mamaw and not keep her. Like a giant. Now, see, this is like, Russ has pulled up, that's, that's some like shrunken head type shit. Yes, right? and that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. How but, do they shrink the heads? Uh, They had like head shrinking juice. Oh, right. Yeah. They just soaked it in head shrinking juice right. for a while. Okay. What was I thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Clearly, I don't. It was some fucking, you know, shaman shit. Right. Shaman out there. On a shaman note, uh, I was thinking about, I was watching like Apocalypto or something recently, and I was thinking about war paint. Mm -hmm. And like war paint is so fucking super rad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, everything like back there, like they all, shaman were all experienced. It's funny to me to think that he's like, in shaman language, he was like, and this sacred herb, when crushed up and mixed with some water and the blood of this uh, warthog. Yeah. <laughs> Looks metal as, as fuck. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the whole thing. They will, it's like it doesn't fucking mean you know, anything. It, it just looks like it, it hits. It doesn't drive the ghost out of your blood. No, it like just that. it, it just looks right. It just looks fucking metal as fuck, well, dog. What, and they we were, were like, I want that shit. When we were in high school, I had a buddy who used to rob a bunch of pharmacies yeah. and uh, give us, and he would sell the pills to make a lot of money and buy motorcycles and stuff. But like I was his boy, so he'd just give me the pills. You know, there's worse yeah. friends to have. Fucking Trailer Park Robin Hood. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I remember we'd go to the bathroom like uh, my junior year, and he would he would have morphine tablet. By the way, kids, do not do this. This is a dark time in my past. But he would have like morphine pills, and his whole thing was like, "Hey, buddy, you got to lick the time release off. That way, it starts hitting immediately, you know." And I was like, "Okay." And so we'd lick the time release off and rub it in a napkin or whatever. And the time release on it was like pink. And this motherfucker, I remember one day we were sitting there licking the fucking morphine time release off and he got it and he just fucking started like putting it on his face like this. And he just goes back to class like that. And of what? course our math teacher coach got, and he's fucked up because he'd been snorting morphine, morphine pills. and he comes in there and he just tries to sit down like nothing happened. And coach Gallion, I remember just goes, um, uh, Joshua, um, what is that on your face? And he stood up, flipped his desk over, and goes, It's my goddamn war paint, coach! Woo! Fucking percolies, percolies. Yeah, and damn. he didn't even get kicked out of class because Coach Gannon was so fucking scared. He was just like, okay, I guess it is. And, like, that's just... that. So, yeah, I know about war paint. And it was just that it looked rad, you know, in that situation. That is some heavy-duty trash yeah. shit right there. You won't believe that this, is... but he is no longer with us. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace. You'll, have, You'll that. have that. You will have that. So just a couple facts about shrinking heads. Uh, apparently the actual head shrinking doesn't take that long. A couple mm. hours of boiling. <laughs> but the ritual <laughs> takes six days. They boil it so afterwards you can have cream of head soup. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's pretty oh labor intensive to uh, you know the the skin and hair has to be yeah. separated. Did they? Well, just, you know, oh. they did. They put a pirate in a pot. <laughs> 
<laughs> Stoke a fire did, underneath them. Did they like when they shrunk the heads? Was that like for like a religious thing, or were they just like this would hit? This would be a good ornament. I don't know. Pro- I mean, surely, probably at least the first thing, but probably it was both. Right. They probably this I'm also su- was metal. As I'm, su- I'm sure that there was some real dumb thought behind it. Yeah. Right. And probably still is. Yeah. Okay. So before we move into your segment, or wait, Russ got something for us. One more thing. Um, I found a taxidermy artist named uh, Kate Clark. Oh, this ain't it. And she does some <laughs> real creepy stuff here. Yeah, they should have never let women get into taxidermy. People are watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Papa always said that. That's like Michael Jordan zebra or something. <laughs> What she has done is she's put human faces onto animal bodies because that's what everybody was clamoring for. Right. It's like, have you ever seen a These movie are my nightmares. Yeah, with... Uh, with uh, Remember that bear in it? That yes. Fucking, yeah, shit is wild. Uh, Natalie Portman? Yeah. That movie fucking rules. I love that movie. I love... What's that dude? Who the dude? Alex Garland. I love him. He made Ex, 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 Machiani, ex, Machina, ex Machina, Machina, and he wrote 28 Days Later, and he made the show Devs. He hits real hard. Yeah, dude. That uh, movie, dude, fucking Annihilation is some shit, boy. Wild shit, dog. So this is, yeah, thank you, Russ, for getting that the fuck off there. That was, <laughs> that was some wild shit. Sort of on that note, but not really. We're talking about how, and then after this, we'll get into Professor Cho, but uh, we're talking about how difficult it is to taxidermy, and you don't have to take it from me. Look at some of these examples of poorly executed efforts we've got here. These are all, to my knowledge, real and from people doing their best. So, yeah, look at that. Oh, my Lord. Is that a fox? I I believe it was a fox. That looks like, that looks like, you remember when there was that painting of Jesus that that woman tried to restore? There will be one in here that's even more like what you're talking about. It looks looks almost like. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that is. That's a like seal? a mud skipper or something. Yeah. Like, except it can't be. I don't know. Look how sad. Dude, it's almost like me. a catfish uh, head. Or... Imagine knowing that that was your, you know, that's what happened. Fate. Yeah, know, exactly. That thing lived a whole. Oh my that god, one. that's the one. That that one on the left. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. It, it almost looks like it was the same artist that did that the Jesus, Jesus thing. Restoration. Yeah. Now I'll be honest with you, that like what they've done with that seal there, like that's more like that's a Tim Burtony type thing that looks like it's on yeah. purpose. Like, hey, we're gonna make this look terrifying. It kind of looks like one of the, um, uh, fuck man, in the tomorrow, the tomorrow war or whatever. It looks like how them um, the spikers, white spike, what, what white spikes, white spikes looks like yeah. what the white spikes look like in but the then, face. Okay, so the person, the artist who made the artist, fucking, we're getting a little loose who here. Made the thing on the left. Why? The tongue, like, were they married to the tongue to begin with? Do you think they got into a point where they were like, oh, this ain't really hitting? I bet a tongue will set it off. I think, like, because it just really adds to the comical lunacy of the whole thing. I was about to say, I genuinely think, like, with making the tongue crooked like that, which looks like it was self aware. That looks like Michael Jordan's tongue when he dunked from the goddamn free throw line. Yeah. But, like, I think that they did the whole thing, realized they fucked up, and were like, let me just put this tongue. Might as well put the tongue. Well, if I put this tongue here, maybe everybody will think it was a choice, like it was all on purpose. You know what I mean? But, like, yeah, that ain't. If that was in my house, dude, I would have nightmares every goddamn day, which I still do, but I would have even worse ones. It's got some nice veneers. Yeah, yeah his teeth ain't bad. like human teeth. Teeth, right. Not. 
Like them ain't. <laughs> <laughs> that looks that, like DJ. Yeah, that, our buddy DJ. That one I feel like again, it's maybe kind, it's like a self. Either that's that on, was on purpose. purpose. That's on purpose. Either it's on purpose or they got to the point where they had this end product and realized what it looked like, and so they just set somebody it was off like, put an Elvis wig and a cigarette, cigarette in its mouth. Yeah, right. I mean, we need to contact this artist for for our piece. That's pretty fucking tight. <laughs> We're talking about stuffed bobcats and this, hi. hi That really does look like he's making that Hi, hi. <laughs> Hey y'all done <laughs> My name is Mr. Bobcat And that dude That fucking fox taking a rape shower yeah. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> The hound and the mammal just left me It was horrible <laughs> done it with that one. They just drove off. They just drove off. <laughs> now he's getting his shit back together. He's like, I'm going to make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still got that thousand yard stare, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Look at oh that motherfucker. He don't have a neck. No, he ain't fucking got no he neck having cheetah. Hey, necks are hard to do. They must be. They must be. Yeah. <laughs> also, look like at uh, his legs. Like, they're all, they, them legs ain't like that. No, they're like table legs. <laughs> like, that is a great little coffee table. If that was a smoker, like, if they turned that into like a smoker, yeah. that'd be pretty fucking great. Yeah. If it's back, just opened, opened up, up, you put you, some yeah. fucking brisket in it. Yeah, that would hit real hard. But Jesus Christ, man. Like, yeah, I, like you said, like, I no wonder, like, my buddy Mr. Bowers is like the guy. Like, it's fucking, it's a hard thing. He's done all our bobcats. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, he's out all of them. We've never even thought to go nowhere different. Number one bobcat man in all of North Georgia. Yeah, my Call God. Call Mr. Bowers. Shoo-wee. Okay, well, I mean, that's all I've got for taxidermy, so we're about ready to move into we, Professor Cho yeah. on the subject of... Butlers. We butlers. will be right back after this. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to GoliathLife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to GoliathLife.com. All right, it's time for another stirring rendition of History with Professor Cho today on the subject of butlers. As always, I like to give you my uh, what I already know about the subject at hand. And with butlers, I feel like it's pretty limited, mostly based on Downton Abbey and other masterpiece classic types of things. I feel, okay, butler, so if you're rich, you need a man to talk to people for you and answer your door and tell other people what's what mm -hmm. so you don't have to because none of that hits. Of course. So you got a butler for that. And, a, and I think, based on shows I've watched, that the butler was kind of 
like the foreman or was like over the rest of the minions, like the other peons in the service of the house, like reported to the butler, I think. So the butler was like the main slave or main servant. Yes. Okay. It's, that And that's pretty much it. No, I mean. I know you got to be real proper and shit too. If you're in like an English country house or whatever, you got to like, there's rule, there's you, butler rules. You do. And I'm actually really glad that you brought up slaves. Yeah. <laughs> you can always count on me. Well, you can. But because like, okay. And let me get there. Um, like, in the movie Django, there's Samuel L. Jackson's character who, you know what they call them. I do. I'm they, not going to say. They called them, I believe, house N-words. Yes. All right. Yes. But, like, in that sense, like, that he was the butler of that household. You know, he was the guy you reported to. And, obviously, he was a slave, so that don't hit. And, like, with modern... No, don't hit. No, that don't hit. And with modern butlers, that's very much not the case. Like, it's a prestigious thing. Like, they get paid. However, it definitely did just start out with, like, them being slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, back in the day, that was, like, their type of slaves. They what were, was that? The, the Was that the, the hitting slave, slave yes. to be? No, it was. Okay. It, no, it was the hitting his slave to be because... So, the word butler comes from the, and I'm about to butcher the shit out of all these pronunciations, but luckily... No, we can't, no, not this show. Well, right. I'd like for us to butcher words well, and get shit wrong here well, on putting on air. Well, Surely well, not. What I was about to say, though, is luckily I'm butchering Anglo-Saxon words, so, like, it's not going to be racist when I say I'm wrong. Like, it's just going to sound stupid. Uh, but the word butler comes from the Anglo-Norman... Bu- um, but- butler? <laughs> bu- Variant form of the old Norman Boutelier. Boutelier. Boutelier, which now I'm starting to sound like a Daddy Yankee song. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Corresponding to old French Boutelier. Boutelier. Which meant officer in charge of the king's wine bottles. So, and if you go through his. Okay. Bottles. Bottles. In charge of the bottles, the Boutelier. The, the, the man in charge of the bouteilleur. The bouteilleur. The bouteilleur. The man who is the presence of the bouteilleur. The bouteilleur. Give yes. me the bouteilleur. We need the bouteilleur, boss. Who yes. we get to do that? The bouteilleur. Yeah. <laughs> the bouteilleur. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, and in the medieval times, wine and booze and such was kept in like, it was a big fucking ordeal because it was all kept in like oaken casks and stuff. It was before bottling was a thing. Hold on. Wait. It was before bottles, like yeah, he was called the bottler. No, no, no. So like, it comes from all that, but like they they would have like a couple bottles and stuff, but their main stash was in oaken cast. They would like bottle some of them, but like from their cast. There, so but they there had wasn't like two or three bottles. There wasn't like mass produced bottles and shit like that. Like they would take from the oaken cast and then bottle them, but yeah, like yeah. their large stock was yeah, in was these in open casks. And yeah. so like that was a whole fucking like they was pretty much like brewmasters. Like they were having to keep up with all this stuff. And back then, as you know, like these sons of bitches, like they had to drink wine and beer i mean they also loved it but like their water didn't hit so yeah i've so way back in the day they had to like they mixed wine in with their water because like the alcohol would kill some of the germs in it or something so they stayed drinking wine dude they were they would die if they didn't they were literally shit-faced like 24 7 like dude the amount of I remember my research for some other thing I was doing, like the amount of wine that like an eight-year-old would drink in a year 
would put your ass to shame. Like they were just stayed Shit, drinking. No wonder they lived to thirty. I know. Dude. I mean, you know, had to. And also, like, if you're back then, it's like may as well be goddamn but, drunk. Yeah, everything's a nightmare. Yeah, like, because yeah. as everybody knows, you're going to end up just right. coughing, coughing to, to death, death after but yeah. after plucking a goose. Yeah, so here like, the plague come, might why, as well be drunk. Yeah, why not be drunk? So in that situation, like, because alcohol was so very important, not to like, not just to their parties, but to their livelihood, like. They trusted their main slave to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how that goes. And in biblical times, early forms of butlers were just, uh, they were they were cupbearers. Like, this was a, there was at one point, like, I think Pharaoh had like a, he had a dream. Like, Pharaoh didn't have a cupbearer, and he had a dream that someone was bringing him his wine. That the Jews would be slaves forever. <laughs> yeah, he that had, was the dream he, he had. He just had this dream where he, I, he literally had a dream where a Jew brought him a cupbearer cup of wine yeah. and, and he woke up and he was like don't yeah. let your dreams be dreams baby <laughs> exactly i'm goddamn fire i can yeah. make that happen right exactly now. so they did that and, and you know what's funny like i played uh, a character of such in the easter pageant when i was a kid uh the jew or the pharaoh no i didn't play a jew that was the name of the the, the play and yeah, yeah. the jew and the, the pharaoh, jew and the pharaoh yeah. with an entirely kindergarten class yeah. once the, <laughs> the chickamauga kindergartners perform the classic the jew and the pharaoh I this was, christmas what they called me in the play it was the easter pageant at church and my papaw played pontius Pilate, and so he had to have a was that like controversial to you know like in Chickamauga, playing the man that killed Jesus or sent Jesus to his death or whatever, it's like you know. And you know what's funny is my papa looks like Cat Stevens, okay. or like he did. Like he was my step papa. Like we weren't related. I didn't find that out till I was like eleven. You know, one of them situations. Very trash. Where yeah. like I just called him papa all my life, and then one day I was like, "Wait, how come Mama got two daddies? Right, yeah. You know, and how come he looks like uh actually it's it was not Jim- really your papa. He just fucks your, your mama. mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually, makes him papa. He looked more like Jim Croce actually. He looked like a lot like uh-huh. Jim Croce. Yeah. Uh, so he was playing Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate had a cupbearer that was like a little boy who like I assume that they all porked. You know, when I just hear like yeah. a little boy that's in servitude, like I just I just assume the was word getting porked. But for like sure. I in my like. I was called the water boy because I would bring I would I was the one that was uh when Pontius Pilate was like, you know, do you know the whole situation with him and Jesus and everything? Okay, we could take a brief aside to sort of cover this because I'm famously Bible. It'll take two seconds. Pontius Pilate was like the judge presiding over the Jesus trial. Pontius Pilate actually kind of sort of was cool, I guess, because he gave the crowd or something he gave the them opportunity to. He free didn't really Jesus. want to kill he brought Jesus. Up Barabbas, yeah, who was yes. this big bag of shit, yeah. and he was like, "You can free Jesus, or you can free Barabbas," and they were yeah. like, "Free Barabbas!" And then yeah. Jesus got strung up and well, so nailed up. Yeah, you. So you got it. And then after I've seen the, I, I like Mel Gibson's Ouvoir. So, yeah. <laughs> so I've seen the movie. Well, afterwards, never famously, read the book. I heard the book was better, but I saw the movie. Yeah, no, the movie's way better. But Pontius, <laughs> so Pontius Pilate after that, like symbolically wanted to like uh, wash his hands clean of that situation. So he calls over to his water boy to bring him a bowl of water so that he can wash his hands clean. But also in that time. The water boy was also his cupbearer that brought him his wine, which is an early form of someone being uh, a boutelier. A, a, a because, yeah, and also in ancient Greece and Rome, basically throughout all of history until you get to like the Elizabethan era, pretty much what Butler meant was what the motherfucker who is in charge of the wine, which is a super, super important 
like yeah. deal. Dur- yeah. It was during the Elizabethan era, the first Elizabethan era, obviously, uh, that what was known as a steward is now what we think of as like a butler today, like your Alfred or your Jeffrey from Fresh Prince mm-hmm. or your Carson, you yes. know, uh, which Down Alfred actually like he's not really like a great example of a butler mainly because he taught they most most butlers don't run supercomputers inside well, of caves there's that but he also submarines attached to it and well, stuff there's that but he also like <laughs> talks shit to batman he does and treats him more like a daddy like the butler well samuel l jackson kind of did that in django too he did. He did. Yeah, he did. In there, private, he did. Yeah, he sort of fucking dressed him down and whatnot. He he did, and there was a little. Well, yeah. you know what? Leo I, was basically uh, slave Batman. And you know what? Carson <laughs> kind of does that a little bit too. Like he will like yeah. give, he will be like, my lord, um, yeah. if I could speak, Maybe that's entirely prudent. If I could speak out of turn, yes. uh, you know. But like they still do it like that, you know. But Alfred, I feel like every now and then would just be like, Bruce, you're being a goddamn Get your idiot. Shit right? together, motherfucker. Yeah, you're being a fuck. But of course, their dynamic was like. A little bit different, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, man, like that was the that was kind of their their whole thing. Like they were pretty much just the wine people. But then when it came to the Elizabethan era, they were like, we could probably get this motherfucker to do like a whole lot of other stuff. And there's my man Carson, one of my absolute favorite characters of all time in any television show. That it ain't never been a more it. butler ass motherfucker no. than that motherfucker right there. No, he absolutely uh, crushes it. And then so butlers really weren't a thing anywhere else except for in like you know the european places and stuff like that like uh, the united states uh, didn't have them until would you like to guess what the earliest form of butlers were in the united states was it house in words yeah it was it, yes <laughs> yes it, it was it was absolutely the slaves of course by the was. way while we're talking everything about, was the slaves by the way while we're talking history. about while we're talking about carson there has been like a like five thousand percent increase in the in new butlers across the world since Downton Abbey started, and they attribute it all to that. Like people got like super fascinated with like, oh damn, that does. Hit. Was it that regular rich people that wouldn't have normally thought to have a butler were like, oh shit, I'm rich, I should have a butler, and yes. then they got into the butler game. Yes, pretty okay. much, and like. People in all types of countries, of course, have always had, like, servants and shit like that. But, like, the specific English type of butler. Like, in China, they've always had fucking servants and concubines and, like, all that type of shit. But, like, now, if you are a Carson-type motherfucker, you can actually make more money in China than a Chinese butler. Because it's like a fantasy thing to them. They, I've heard, I've heard that in like Chinese corporations, they will hire white dudes yes. who have no acumen whatsoever. They, they have just no like, skills whatsoever. They hire white dudes and put them in suits and yes. literally have them stand around yes. to be like room meat, basically. Yes. Because over there, it's like. If you see white people in suits, that means oh y'all doing real business right. in here. So having a white man also, be your butler, yeah. Or whatever over there, I could see how that's like a massive flex. Yeah. Also, you put a cowboy hat on one of them, they fucking go wild for that shit. Like Chinese (laughs) motherfuckers love cowboy shit. Like I don't know what it is. They just do, man. Like they do. Like Stan Hansen was like he was a very popular wrestler in America. But when he, and I say Chinese, I I guess I should have said Asian, because when he went over to Japan to wrestle, he ended up just staying over there because he was a cowboyed up, like, with a whip guy, and they just fucking went crazy about him because, like, 
they had seen a lot of our Western movies and stuff like that. So to them, like John Wayne was just like, holy shit, this is what an American bad guy is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, yeah, over there, if you are an English dude, like, again, right now, I guess like butlering had gone down a little bit, probably because like the world economy had gone down. So there was a lot of people having to like let go of their butlers and shit. But ever since Downton Abbey and you know, Bitcoin and shit getting hot again. I don't know. Like all these people are starting to get butlers. There's also like certain levels of butlers in certain countries that like even what their middle class is can actually kind of get them. Basically that it's like, it's like how some, there are some it when where the middle class is actually the middle class. Uh, people that have nannies and what they do is they just have a butler instead. And it's, they all attribute this to like, Downton Abbey, like Julian Fellows brought back this huge trend and they've been having uh, a lot more uh, people sign up for the Butler Academy, which is a real thing. Like it's a school that you can go to. And I'll be honest with you, like now that I'm reading that, that makes a lot of sense that they have like a training ground. But to me, I always thought it was like my daddy was a butler, his daddy was a butler, and by God, I'm going to be a butler. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't know people just went like, I'm going to be a butler. Because I'm gonna go to Butler School. Because I have this whole even when I'm seeing them, I'm like, I know that they're getting paid, but this still feels so slavey and like why yeah, would anyone very like why would anyone want to do that? It's like, but we're in show business, sort of, and like a lot of people in show business who hit have assistants, you know, assistants real yeah. huge out here, and it's like are those kind of just young butlers? You they, know what I mean? Like, what sort of what's there the is a, or like you know interns or a thing? There like, is a difference in a PA. Are they just like butlers by any other name, or what makes a butler a butler? A butler, first off, like in order to I think consider yourself a butler, like you kind of now have to go through this like you go a, to butler college. You got to go to butler college, which cost I think is like approximately it was like fifteen thousand pounds, maybe or something like that. But the thing is, is like. First off, uh, throwback to a couple episodes ago, butlers get paid way more than like the Queen's Guard and shit like that. Like you can start out at like sixty grand a year, and also you get your housing, you get your food. Not only do you get your food, like you get hitting food. It's not like back in the slave days where they're like, "Here's the fucking scraps." Like you actually, you know, like you've got when you're a butler, like you also have control of like what goes on in the house. Like you kind of just run the show. Like a big thing with butlers is like. They come in, they meet the Duke and the Archduke or whatever, and they sort of like get a sense of their sensibilities. And a big part of their job is anticipating the needs. In other words, you would never really have to ask a butler anything. Like right. once they've been there, it's just already it's there. It's just already there. Like once the butler has been with you for a while, because they talk about how like these super rich people have they're very they're people of routine. Like, everything is pretty much the same every day unless something throws it off, like, and that's how they like it. Like, this is the time, like, the butler can meet them. Boom, there's the paper. I knew he was going to walk out at this time. So, like, that's a huge, 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 huge thing with them. And so, again, like, hardcore training has to be done. But, like, another thing I was I was reading about and looking, and, like, of course some of these people could be lying, but, like, I'm sitting there going, like, man, I wouldn't want to be no by his goddamn servant. And I'm sure that like they're doing it for the money, and it really don't hit for them. And they're at the end of the day, they're like anybody else. They're talking shit about them, dude. From what I can tell, like they love it. Like they absolutely love serving. That is their fucking life. Like again, they get. 
I'm sure all the rich people say the same thing too. It's, I, it's, no, it's I know. About that, like, uh, no, I you know the slaves. No, no, no. I know. Like, I know. Like, they, honestly, okay, but it, honestly, it hits for them. Okay, but again, <laughs> the big difference here is that they are getting paid. Right, like again, yeah. like entry level, like sixty grand. Like if you're getting paid sixty grand, I'm not saying that's a shit ton of money, but like that's not but slave I was wages. A server at O Charlie. Yeah, yeah. I would have much preferred to have been some fucking oil magnate's butler. Yeah, or whatever. Well, and again, during that time, that would have hit way harder. Well, and Maybe. I might have been. But as the butler, you're also, if they're having chicken Kiev, there's a good chance you're having chicken Kiev. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's a good yes. chance that you're In gonna... the coat closet. Yeah, for sure. In the 15-second interval you have, you could shove some chicken Kiev down your throat. Sure. Again, I'm not sitting here trying to defend the whole thing. That was actually fascinating to me because I just believe, well, I still kind of believe what you're saying, but like, I heard tons of them talking, and some of who are no longer butlers, who like, it's not like they're having to protect anything. They're just like, no, I mean, I'd like... I genuinely loved it. They're like, I've been with some people who treated me kind of... What do you know about this? Because here's what I've always wondered about butlers. Do they have multiple butlers that go in shifts? Because I always felt like the main thing that would really not hit about being a butler is you got to be there when the Lord wakes up. you got to be there all throughout the day, and you got to be there when the Lord goes to sleep. So, like, you're working, like... 18 hours a, lot. a day or 14 something is like the that. average. 14 is the, the average. average. The average. That's fucking crazy, dog. Six days I don't care if it's just standing there with no, your I fucking know. arms folded I know. And with a towel hanging over it. And That's a long time to do that. And six days a week, usually. Like, they right. get their Sundays off. But, like, I was I was, I was, was watching several butlers in, like, interviews. They were former butlers. So, like, again, like, you you, you won't be able – you couldn't interview someone who's a current butler to somebody. Because they ain't allowed be- to do that. No, because, like – the biggest priority job for a butler that some of these butlers will tell you, they're like, yes, of course, we have to wash every single knife. We have to make sure there's no stains on everything. We have to make sure that every single napkin on the table is exactly two fingers from the end of the table. We have to make sure that the champagne flutes are here and that the porridge spoon is here and that the pudding spoon is here. He goes, but above all else is discretion. He goes, that's the main thing that these people want. I guarantee he that's goes, true. You bu- can't just be throwing whores off boats no, and stuff right. and have people being loose-lipped no. about it. you he's got to like, lock that shit now. And there was this one guy he was talking about. He's like, I won't say who, but I used to work for these people. And he's like, I would walk in sometimes, and I would just have to be like, is there anything I can do? You know, whatever. Yeah. He's like, discretion above all else is loyalty, and that is your that's your main gig. And they yeah, also said clean up a lot of goat blood. They also said because of that, like you look at the base salary and you're like, it's sixty grand, and you're like, okay, well, I mean, like that's not the most money ever. Room and board, all that shit, food. Also, they do like they get tipped all the time, even though they're by, ju- the, by their lord. Yeah, they call it uh, veils or ve- like there's some specific like they can't. Of course, fancy people can't just call it a tip. It's a specific thing with them. But like they're constantly like you know if some bu- basically like what I'm thinking is like it's like a bribe. Like when they do, of course they're like you're supposed to have discretion, but like they will pay them for their discretion. Like if you walk in on somebody like sawing off a dead lady's toe and you're eating yeah. it, they'll be like, "Here's thirty grand, Jeeves." Which, by the way, did you know where Jeeves comes from? I did not. Okay, so Jeeves. The reason that we call them all Jeeves, why Jeeves? Well, that comes from a comic book series by P.G. Wodehouse. That was uh, he named the butler who takes care of the the uh, the main character Bertie Wooster, uh, and since 1915, that's just. That's just what we call, like, Jeeves is just that. It was a wildly popular comic book series. And then, of course, there was Ask Jeeves. So, like, Jeeves is just, you know, what Butler. Part of the, yeah, the popular the lexicon. Exactly. It's like, uh, like 
eponyms. Yes. Like uh, Kleenex, Kleenex and Band-Aid. Yeah. A butler is dumpster and all yeah. that. Yeah, you get right. you, you got you a Jeeves. You got a Jeeves, yeah. Right. But anyways, like, yeah, they very much get paid for their discretion in that sense. But also, like... They say that it's not nothing, like their Christmas bonuses are insane. They also say it's not nothing for like on their birthday, the Lord will just like give them a fucking Maybach, you know what I mean? Like a $300,000 car and just right. be like, yo, this is your shit. So is this the type of thing where like when people are young and they just get out of Butler College and again, and not the not the fucking white basketball player university in Indiana. Which, like, by the but, way, when I was researching this, it was real hard to get search results right, that wasn't there's Butler, Butler University. Or Jimmy Butler. It was right. just Jimmy yeah, yeah, Butler yeah. and Butler University. But the other, but the college for Butlers. Yeah. They get out of Butler College and they're young and they get this job working for some uh, chic or whatever. And because all your room and bo- all your bills are paid for because you're living on their shit and eating their food and they pay you whatever a year... You do that real hard for a few years and sort of save up and then quit and say fucking and leave the game. They're usually like, real old when they do that. But yeah, real old. I don't. So say like, real, do they? I won't do say they dedicate a life to fucking abstinence. And, this one, oh yeah, there's Gerard Butler. This yeah. one, he came up a lot too. Now I this bet. one, this one guy that I was seeing being interviewed and he was like giving all the tips. That's right. He was probably like seventy two and he'd kind of given it up and like he had a nice. I actually think that like his lord bought him a nice like little cottage or whatever. And again, like. I'm not saying like having to serve people, but, but they are. To, you would have to essentially be a bachelor that whole time, wouldn't you? You yeah. literally wouldn't have time to date or start a family or none of that shit. So, no. like, I mean, hell, even in Downton Abbey, when it was like they allowed it, like Carson, like, wouldn't hardly get with anybody because he was like, I'm married to the game, bitch. Mar- the, all butlers is married to the game. But like, again, to, to hear some of these, and I know that like, these are just very anecdotal things, but to hear some tell, they're like, I genuinely love it. They're like, I love the precision. I love the routine. I was born to serve. You know, I, I just, I, they like ordering motherfuckers around too. You know what I mean? Like they've got their footman and stuff like that. Okay. Like they, so that also is, a, they are also a boss. Absolutely, they are the boss, boss of the underlings, oh, the, the underservants. Oh, they're the boss. And you don't, I mean, pretty much from what I read, like the way that Carson was portrayed in that show is very much, you know, like everything goes through him. So you could, you go to Butler College and get out and you get on as like a footman or a fucking tire boy or whatever. And, uh, you know, a broom, you're the horse brusher or some shit. And you work your way up to you, Butler? You can do that, but now because there's such a demand for Butlers, again, because of Downton Abbey and because, like, Chinese people are just like, God damn, we, we got to get us a, a British dude. You it's you actually can kind of get to the top a little bit you quicker get straight into if you got it. And they say, too, that, like, you know, Butlers, like, if you're a really top-tier Butler and you're having a problem at your house and you need to leave, it'll be two weeks before you have a job. Like, you get headhunted. Like, these rich people here, like, oh, that because they go to, like, parties with these people and see their butler and are like... That butler hits. Yeah, and they'll be like, hey, as soon as they start giving you problems, yeah. you come buttle my house. Yeah, I like the way he holds that. I like that. the way he butts. I like the way he butts. I like the way he holds that wine. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, like, and also, dude, like, it's so funny, too, like, butler school and shit like that, like, they actually run drills, like... Like uh, like it's NFL funny. NFL combine like shit. That's like a, that, that's also like an old uh, uh, Robin Williams bit where he's talking about the Swiss Army knife having fucking corkscrews on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like many of you men have never opened Chardonnay under fire before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but like they'll do this thing where like they're I, I saw this one training drill where like they're all like walking around 
in a circle holding a tray and like the t- the butler who's the head of the butler school who used to be this he's the he's considered the wealthiest butler ever like he's worth like two and a half million dollars or something like that and now he was but he loves he loves it so much he's like i'm starting a school married to the game married yeah. to the game and he'll sit there and he has this like big you know them big ass tennis balls like oversized tennis ball like uh you know what i'm saying no. Yeah, they just, just a tennis ball, but huge. But, but huge, like you've seen them. Like they make. You talking them. about like a medicine ball? It's like a. It's like how like a heavy ball. But no, it literally looks like a tennis ball. Like how no, they. Like how I've they. I've never seen an. It's basically like ball. you know how in basketball they made a big baseball. It's that, but it's a big tennis ball, and he just sits there in the middle with it, and these motherfuckers will be walking around with a tray, and he'll just chunk it at their heads. That is hilarious. Yeah, he was just because I was going to make a joke about picturing dudes in cummerbunds holding like plays of uh, trays of fine china, doing like rope drills and so shit like that. It's I was going to joke about that, yeah. but apparently that's pretty much what they really do. They like do bull in the ring, but yeah, with a they, fucking no, butler and a they fucking do. tray of wine. And he'll see like that. He'll throw. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that big of one. <laughs> it was. It literally was like the basketball. But like he'll be sitting there and they'll be going to ring and he'll like throw it at somebody and they'll dodge it and everything will be cool. And then he'll wait for like several minutes and all of a sudden he'll just peg. It, somebody in the fucking head it's so funny because the implication of that is listen that, your lord is going to throw something at your head exactly and you've got to not be able to drop that champagne motherfucker well, or else get the fuck out well really if you can't have something fucking hurled at your head right. while balancing champagne then go to fuck home because we got plenty of people that are you know, can do that, can shit. Do that shit. Well, realistically, more you what it is. You ain't cut out for it if you can't do it. Realistically, more <laughs> what it is is like when Tiger Woods was a kid, his dad would like, he'd be in the middle of his backswing and his dad would take his golf bag and just slam it down on the ground to make a huge sound. And Tiger was trained to, if that happened, he could still swing through. Obviously, that's never going to happen. But if you can handle that, then someone in the crowd screaming ain't going to be shit to you. So I think it's a little bit of that. But yeah. dude, watching these dudes just help butlers in the head and make them drop all their fucking china and shit like that pretty goddamn hilarious uh they also had you were talking about like the combine stuff they also did have a drill where like they would just call them out in the morning and get them down there and they just be in like their regular pajamas and the dude would just get a stopwatch out and he'd just be like get dressed last one down here is fucking out and they would all like sprint up the stairs and like topple over each other and shit talk about like you know you broke a new record of like getting into your butler attire and shit like that so like again like it's very like combine-y and then at the end of butler school they all they have them like in a room and they're like where you would normally have your grades posted and everybody like comes up and like looks at them they in front of everybody rank all the butlers like starting with the lowest and for the record like usually all of them pass it's just they still have to tell them here's the least hitting butler and they have points and stuff like that would the way they sound or talk be factored in or are butlers expected to be silent? Because I was going to make a joke about how me and you would never get through the front door of butler school because right. they would just hear us talk and be like, get the fuck out. So, well, you know, we, Nobody on, on earth, earth wants a butler that sounds like a fucking racist banjo. I get mean, the that's fuck probably true. And all of these people that I saw in these videos were British, but silence actually is a huge qualification. I'm sure, I'm sure that's Because, true, yeah. and this one guy was saying, he goes, he goes, you know, like, there's he goes there's it's a trope like in the movie clue and stuff like that it's like everybody's like oh the butler did it and he goes well really what that comes from like truth because you won't believe this there were a lot of murders at these houses and stuff that like people were having to solve and they would bring like detectives in there and 
the footman and the cooks and everything, they're allowed to talk. And so, like, they would be given their story of what happened, and the butler would not say, he'd played the fifth the whole time and not say a goddamn word because, again, stitches, discretion is his number one job. Yeah. And so many times they'd be like, we think the butler did it. And they're like, no, it's just that he's literally not allowed to say a goddamn word. Like, that to his grave, he will take the shit that he saw. Like, that's just what he do. That's the game, buddy. Like, I was reading that... Did they Trump, used to, like, cut Butler's tongues out, like, way back in the day? Because that I would, seems like a thing. I would say, do. I would say, but, like... Find a child slave, dude, cut his tongue out, teach him to hold champagne on a tray, and bam, I was, you got a Butler. I was looking into some of that stuff, but, like, I didn't find in my research any Butler that wasn't just purely this what I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really... Like, dude, they were interviewing Trump's, one of Trump's old butlers. It's probably one of them deals where, like, because they have butler underlings, you know, they got footmen and shit like that. I bet there's a lot of footmen that, and, and whatnot that don't really give a fuck. They, get they into don't. It and they're like, fuck all this butler shit. They bullshit. don't. But in order to be a butler... You kind of got to be in it for love of the game yes. or you wouldn't even be in that position to begin with. I'm telling you, man, like I think a lot of what like I'm butlers saying. Butlers ain't fucking smoking cigarettes out back and talking, talking shit they're about not. it. Cause like, they're not, Because they wouldn't be in that position And otherwise. in that in the show, like Carson, like you, you know that in Carson's mind, he would know that some bullshit was up and that he didn't agree with it. But then when people would start talking about it, he was like, you will address them as Lord yeah. in front of me. I don't care what they do. Like this is... We have to, our job is to keep up these goddamn appearances. Now, I don't know how much of all that is propagated by Big Lord and Lady yeah. to make us believe all this stuff. But again, we're talking, I'm I'm looking at interviews with butlers who like long been out of it and they're just like, I loved every second of it. Like sometimes it was stressful. Like I worked with this one dude and I'll be honest with you, he was a raging lunatic. He goes, but sometimes that was cool. Like it wasn't boring. He goes, like there was never, but what you were talking about earlier, like the, like, you know, working 14 hours a day, there's these, there's a new sect of people called like super butlers mm-hmm. for like these super millionaires and yeah. stuff like that and it's like they're also they're the butler and they're the personal valet and this and this one guy was talking he's like look man he's like i get paid a lot a lot he's like but you know I, it was a 24-hour job he's yeah. like it was it was don't get me wrong like obviously if they slept i could sleep but if they woke up at three and they wanted some shit done like I just had to do that, right? You know, like that's just what I had to do. And he's like, "But you know, got a Maserati, got all this shit." And so they was like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" So like that's the deal. Uh, in closing, uh, I got this from the Butler Academy's website. Here are just some of the duties of the butler. Uh, obviously, help his employer into his coat. He's in charge of the dining room, the wine cellar, the pantry, and sometimes the entire main floor. Waiting on the table at meal times, looking after the silver in the house, locking up the house at night, cleaning the knives and the shoes, cleaning the furniture, looking after his master's clothes, taking letters from slash to his master and mistress, and also every day rewinding the clocks. So, like, you know, this is a dude that keeps it all together. But again, in my research, I, and I know this is all anecdotal. They just really seem like they love butlering so goddamn much, and they take so much pride in it. And I just saw so many that, like, again, had really good relationships with these people. And it was kind of like I was talking about earlier with the uh, rich people throwing these lavish weddings. I'm like, I mean, they got these people got paid. You know what I mean? Like, I look and I go, well, these rich people, I look at them with a butler. It's like, yeah, but the butler, like, that, they employed the guy. So, like, he yeah. got a job. So, I don't know, man, but it's very, it's very, very, very interesting. And if you uh, want to become a butler, you can do that. 
You can just go to, I think, butleracademy.com or something like that and get a goddamn massive tennis ball thrown at your head while you're just trying to walk around with some champagne flutes. Living the Pharaoh's dream, baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day you and I can make a young, would-be butler's dreams come true. I'll be honest with you. I was, sitting there, I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, I mean, I've taken more shit just trying to make it in Hollywood. Hell, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. At least somebody might give me a car. Yeah. All right. Well, well one last thing. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, please show this clip. Okay. Oh, oh, that too. Yes, uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, the, apparently, the highest paid butler is actually from the U.S. Yeah, Gary Williams. That's him. Yeah, shout out Gary. He's Williams. the principal of the British Butler Institute. Yeah, two point two mil a year. Yeah, that's pretty. That's good. what's yeah, up. Please, please play that clip that I just came across while oh, I was yeah. researching the butlers. This is so goddamn funny. And a vacation. But if you thought those days were over, you would be wrong. Butlers are absolutely essential. People are working and earning shitloads of money to all of assets. Did you hear what he no, said? No, what did he say? People he goes, are working. He goes, these people are working and they're making shitloads of money. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I had to rewind it like three times because yeah. like that coming out of that dude. No. Like that was so goddamn funny to me. Yeah. But yeah, they were talking about how like you might think that butlers are, are a thing of the past, but they're actually still no, here to go. No, all these, over the fucking place. place. These, some people are making, making shitloads shit of money. money. Some of these fuckers. But yeah, that's butlering. All right, that's butlering. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Airheads. We'll see you next time on Putting On Air. Yeah. Thank you. Like, yeah. subscribe, tell all your friends. Skew. I say ta ra 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 till I die. Ra 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 ra. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs. Well, we sure hope that you enjoyed this edition of Putting on Airs, Airheads. We really appreciate you. And remember, if you're watching on YouTube, we would still really love it if you'd go to wherever your favorite podcast platform is and hit that uh, subscribe. Also, leave us a five-star review. It takes you two seconds, but it really, 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 really helps us. Uh, We are in the iTunes uh, top of the charts, and we'd like to not only stay there, but go even further up. The show has been so well-received. We super appreciate y'all, and uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. I'm I'm having fun with it, ain't you, Trey? I am, yeah. Also, so yeah, here's our little postscript segment, clearing the air or whatever. I'm thinking I'm gonna start a running bit where I just look worse and worse every week in terms of. <laughs> and we hoping, and we call it a different thing every time. Maybe. Yeah, I know. But yeah, no, Corey, you know, he's been fancying it up, and he's got at least some stars on his blazer there today. You know, I don't know if I've. Uh, pushed him further in that direction because in weeks past it's been fucking chain mail and <laughs> all kinds of stuff and i'm always just wearing a t-shirt and now i've got like this this t-shirt's frayed and everything but anyway it's okay um you know this is a different type of thing we're doing here you said well, the show show's been yeah go ahead and on an episode i think it was an episode that's already aired we did talk about how 
the richer the person and the more fancy the person, oftentimes in Hollywood at least, the worse they dress. So maybe you're just going for that. Maybe. I'm not sure. achieving that though. Yeah. So, you know, I, no, I'm just trash. That's all right. it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I was trying. So a couple of things. So, you know, turns out, seems the squirrel segment was a pretty big hit uh, with people. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it. The show came out on Friday, as it does. The next day, Saturday after the show aired, uh, we had a show in Louisville, Kentucky, and a lady showed up wearing a shirt that said, Trey, squirrels can feel love on it. So, <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure that was pretty, actually Friday night. I got the picture. Drew sent me the picture he, Saturday night. He did, but sure. it happened Friday. It was oh, just, so okay. She listened to the episode and then had hours to make a shirt and come to and, the show. And did. And yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Hours to make a, a fraudulent and misguided shirt, but that's okay. That's all right. Our first bootleg. We, those, those shows only four episodes deep. We've already got yeah. bootleggers out there. Yeah, but anyway, you know, we ain't got to get into to all that again. But um, uh, <laughs> you also said the show's been well received. Has largely. There's one person I heard some uh, feedback from. Some people might have seen this in the comments, and I was going to say a thing on here. I don't even. Oh, know, I don't I, even know so, what this is. Okay, so. We posted a clip of that story about me having to pay my own child's almost having to pay my own child support after my dad died. Right. Um, that is the important part of that story that the state of Tennessee attempted to make me pay my own back child support after my dad died is 100% true. I pushed back and they relented. So it ended up being fine, but they suggested I sell the house and use that to pay it. All that shit is hundred percent true. My mama has since taken issue with a number of the details in the story, unsurprisingly. Did she listen to the show? She saw the clip. I posted the clip (laughs) on my Facebook page, which I sortly regret just for this reason. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, because she saw it in a clip I posted on Facebook, she probably won't see this, but maybe Paige can send it to her or something. I don't know. You can tell it or any, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just acknowledging publicly that I was a kid when all that was going down. There's two sides to every story. Divorces don't hit, whatever. She's got her own side of it. My dad, you know, I lived with my dad. I got biased towards his interpretation of it, whatnot. So everybody listening, don't think, you know, any more poorly of my mama or nothing. She disputes some of the things I said about how that went down between her and my dad. I'm not going to say which one is correct. I'm just saying that she has levied an objection to my, you know, telling of that part of the story. And so now everybody knows that in the future. How many times has your mama objected in her life? Oh, so many, (laughs) so many. She stay objecting to things. Um, but, Anyway, yeah, the the point of the story was that I'm so white trash that the state of Tennessee once tried to come after me for my own child support, and that is 100% true and did happen. So, And everything that I've said is how I remembered it. I'm saying I'm allowing for the possibility that I'm my recollection is biased or skewed you know, in a certain direction. And maybe it's not exactly how it all went down as far as the details of it. So anyway, I just told my sister that I'd do something like this on this segment this week, just to sort of like clear the olive branch. So yeah, to clear the air. So yeah, here we are. But on the episode you just listened to, um, I believe we talked about, I talked about taxidermy. And if I had something that I said on that, that I need to, you know, like apologize for or clarify, I don't recall 
here's the deal. We've been like trying to go back and listen to them, but this week we, uh, producer Russ had some, he, he took some episodes down to do some technical stuff to them. And me and Cho couldn't access them to, uh, flip through them in time to do this. So all I know is I talked about taxidermy, which I remember. I remember them goofy pictures we put up. I remember the Bobcat that was, you know, going hi <laughs> and all that. And, uh, and yeah, I think we good. I hope everybody think, enjoyed the, the taxidermy stuff. And then you you talked about butlers on this episode. Yeah, I would say that if I know our fan base, which I know that putting on airs we have new fans, but I would say that we have more people that could probably def, uh, 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 refute some of your taxidermy stuff than we do people who could refute anything I said about butlers. I don't know if we have any butlers or butler related people that listen to the episode, but I'm sure that I got some stuff wrong. But like I said, if I got some stuff wrong, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, that's not true. Now with taxidermy, I would say we've got one or two fans that is like their daddy's a taxidermist or their uncle's a taxidermist or they are into amateur bobcat stuffing or something. They might have something to say. And you know that you can email us at puttingonairs at gmail.com with all your thoughts. I did just remember, okay, so this is the episode where <laughs> it's so funny coming on the heels of the squirrel episode. Uh-huh. In talking about the taxidermy, I remember I get off on a tangent about like the, uh, how am I trying to say this? The the absence of value placed on the lives of cats yeah. when it comes to being yeah. on farms yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever made a reference to them being bagged up and thrown in a river. I think at one point yep. stuff like that. Cause we were uh-huh. talking about how this dude had a whole bunch of dead cats. He was stuffing, you know, but he wasn't killing them. And we we're like, so that's fine. And then that led me into this whole thing about, you know, people, why they do cats. And then it got pretty, uh, <laughs> got, you know, pretty upsetting. I think maybe for some people for a while there, but I was just reporting the news is all I was doing. That's all uh, we ever try to do. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's either our opinion, anecdotal evidence, or we're just saying stuff that we read off the internet. But again, you can refute any and all things at puttingonairs at gmail.com. And speaking of that, uh, we do have some letters that I would like to get to, if that's okay with you, Trey. Yeah, please. Okay, this is from Tiger Eyes. I put these I put these thoughts and comments on one of the videos I'm putting on airs, but I decided to also send this message in case it's too lengthy for the format of YouTube video comments. That's a theme with our fans. They I'll tell you what, whenever we get an email, it is not mm-hmm. just a, one paragraph, hey, how you doing? It is a treatise. And I'm not complaining. We thank you all for being so into the show. Um we I think also it, sort of just put that out into the work like Yeah. We be like that. We're verbose. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so like it sort of makes sense that the universe sends it back to us. Yeah, I, oh, I get it. Uh, I think it might be amusing to call your follow-up segment uh, after the Putting on Airs main show after airs, an obvious play on the term after hours. That is good. We'll probably keep- I feel like every suggestion we've gotten has been good, so we're probably yeah. just going to keep using all in, of them in, in some kind yeah. whichever one we think of on any given week. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Who needs uh, consistency? You know, not yeah. us, not this outfit. So this is their pitch. Welcome to After Airs, the double A with a 13-step program, because much like Tolstoy, the phrase Baker's Dozen make Corey fantasize about cookies. Plus, continuing the play on airs for hours could lead to a drink-themed segment called Happy Airs, which that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, and, and ad portions could fall under business errors. This motherfucker is on fire. Once again, it's time to open up for business errors with this week's sponsor, Blue Chew, because it goes great in the Patriot blend. That's Red Bull, White Claw, and Blue Chew, the mix, the mix that'll make you stand at attention halfway between your salutes and your boots. This Tiger is pretty good. is on fire right yeah, now. Yeah, this uh, also, is solid stuff. They should all, write copy, God damn. I know. Also, I was thinking about a possible segment, maybe even a repeat one, where you could discuss frauds, meaning people that pretended to be rich, especially in order to scam wealthy individuals, called fake heirs and pose heirs. So good. Fake yeah. slash fake heirs and posers. Because it's very interesting how some rich people are more likely to give money to someone they believe to also be wealthy than they are to give someone who is poor. So great. I bet the worst part for them is when one of those scammers gets caught is them finding out that instead of giving money to the princess of Stuck Stuckapri, they were giving it to a non-famous non-heiress. Nobody. The horror. And I know I may be stretching it thin, but much like the weekly skews and the daily dumbass segment, if you had a portion on individuals that did slash got away with illegal slash immoral slash ridiculous actions simply due to their wealth slash fame slash connections, you could call them an heirs hole, a play on arse hole. This week, heirs hole is Will Smith for simultaneously wanting the people to stay out of his family's business while also expecting them to be aware it was due to a medical condition. Luckily for him, he's rich enough that the only slap he'll get, get back is on the wrist. Anyways, I rambled too much. Sorry about that. Too long didn't read. After airs, happy airs, fake airs, pose airs, and perhaps airs holes. MK. Wonderful email. Good job, MK. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely tremendous stuff. Um, and now we have Nikola. Uh, I assume that's Russian, right? Uh, I mean, it sounds it. Yeah. Sure. Hey, how are you doing? Apologies as this turns into a lengthy read. <laughs> uh, just watched the episode on the Queen's Guard and beginning the Squirrel episode when I thought I'd send this email. I'm enjoying this new show so much. I obviously enjoy Well Read and Skews, but I think it's seeing how much you both enjoy what you're doing in each other's company that quote, hits for me. I can maybe give some perspective or reference for a couple of things with regards to the UK. Full disclosure, I'm Scottish, not British, and I want to see my country become the independent progressive country that we can be given a chance, hopefully 2023. Uh, so I'm not overly fond of UK, so perhaps my views are a little clouded. This is about to be good. Now that that's out of the way, the British intellectual comedy thing. As with every era of life here, the class system is in effect. Comedy and the performing arts are all dominated by the privately educated polished accents brigade, and those from poorer backgrounds or with regional accents do struggle to get a look in. But there are some exceptions that I think you should check out if you have the time and inclination. Rod Gilbert, Welsh comedian, Ross Noble, Newcastle, Mickey Flanagan, Cockney, hell yeah, Russell Howard, Greg Davies, Jamali Maddox, and the late, great Sean Locke. I know Sean Locke from all the panel shows, uh, and mm -hmm. he was absolutely tremendous. Uh, of course, Scottish comedians Billy Conley, Daniel Sloss, and if you don't mind, brutal humor than Frankie Boyle, and we do not, I promise you. And the Queen's Guard bearskin hat was only just in the news a few months ago. They'd spend millions on these hats, with each hat made from at least one bear, so a company called... <laughs> <laughs> So a company called Echo Pelt came up with an alternative, but it's been rejected. I've included a link to an article here. And yeah, to the English, the Scots, and the Welsh, the, and yes, to the English and the Scots, the Welsh are sheep fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but regionally in Scotland, we call those from Aberdeen sheep shaggers just because they, they are largely agricultural. 
The Prince of Wales owns major parts of Wales, Cornwall and the west of England. This gets run as both a private company and his own estate. So, like the rest of the royals, he doesn't pay taxes but does charge rent. Also, Corey absolutely rocks a white open neck shirt, but I got more of a Gangrel vibe. Gangrel famous for playing a vampire in the WWE. Interesting topic for you possibly would be the enjoyment of trophy hunting, particularly by the royals. We, we do that later, don't we? Um Pretty sure they contributed to the extinction of a few species. Also interesting is the archaic and bizarre rituals of Parliament and House of Lords. Yes, I cannot wait to get into that shit. Going to stop here as I've written way more than I intended. Keep up the great work, guys. You're helping a lot of people get through their day. Also tremendous email. Uh, did we was. already do the trophy hunting thing? Okay, so again, as we said, we record all these in batches. It's been a while. I like... Yeah, there's definitely at some point it yeah. comes up. I, um, so yeah, I believe so. I just don't remember yeah. exactly uh, when that'll but be. Stay happening. tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, here's from Andrew Comb Com Andrew Combos. Uh, sorry if this isn't the proper email. I'm perpetually stoned. Big history buff from Leapers Fork, Tennessee. You know where that is? Mm -mm. Leapers Fork. Leapers no. Fork or Leapers Fork? Lost I've my never heard of it. Lost my dad young, but he planted a seed for it, so I grew up researching all, researching all kinds on the internet. Really appreciate the content. Fills the time between football seasons. I heard that, buddy. Sometimes uh, Some suggestions I hope y'all don't need. The link between Christian money lending practices, the plague, and still running conspiracy theories about Jews. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, also, if you look into the massive influence fancy people had in covert war from World War II on, uh, and maybe compare it to sf or something poor folks can do what is that what is that sf you think i don't know i don't i don't either but i'm into all this uh legacy of ashes is a fantastic book written on the cia and is one of the darkest nonfiction comedies ever written thank you andrew combos so uh, i want to say i think it's so it's got to be so funny people listening to this just after they heard the episode because i think the trophy trophy hunting discussion uh-huh just took place as part okay. of this episode. Right. I think looking, looking back through my notes, if I'm remembering it correctly, cause I believe I had planned on getting to that before the squirrels happened. Right. So the next episode we recorded, I circled back to some of it before getting into taxidermy. I think it's really helped that, but it's so funny cause it's either going to like, they're either going to be sitting there right now listening like, man, it is wild how way off they are about their own right. show. Right. Or they're going to be sitting there like, Jesus Christ! Like, yes, <laughs> you, we know. We literally just heard all of that happen. Like, we know. So, yeah, we got some things to iron out with our process here. We anyway. sure do, but it's yeah. a learning thing. This is from the Stygian Emperor. Hi, I'm Zarok, and I'm probably not the only one, but I'd be able and willing to start and admin your Discord server. Right on. Discord servers are free. Uh, yada yada yada. Goes through all the Discord stuff. You can also integrate Discord-related benefits with Patreon. Uh, yada 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 anyways yeah if you don't have like 10 more competent people already wanting to make you a discord server let me know and i can set one up postscript and let Corey know i forgive him for not reading my boring ass novelette after presumably drunk drunkenly offering to read something of mine in an email that time i still love him i don't remember that so you can re-forward me that novelette and i will absolutely read it the next time that's probably Good. i was probably drunk and accidentally like clicked read and then thought i'd uh -huh. read it 
I believe that's the Stygian Emperor. Stygian oh. is derived from like the river Styx, and I think oh. it means like very dark or hellish. So it's like the Emperor of the Underworld. So he sounds perfect for moderating in like an internet forum. You know, Set it uh, up. Or a de- Discord. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Right up there. Alley. Yeah. You've got our permission. Uh, here we got one from Duncan Scales. Hey, Tr- Corey and Trey. My favorite author as a high schooler was Kurt Vonnegut. I also love Kurt Vonnegut. I was tearing through his books and wavering on the idea of writing to him because surely he was swamped with fan mail. Uh, My teenage brain assumed that me loving an author meant that surely everyone else did and was constantly writing to him. Before I could get over the anxiety hump and do it, he died. I hope that you guys are doing well and that you don't die anytime soon. Thank you for the comedy, the podcast, the sketches, the escape from the fuck storm that all our lives have been for the last six years. Everything has been awful, but both of you, Drew, DJ, and your persistence in showing up and making people laugh has made a lot of people lot a lot of it easier to live with. When you feel down, as we all must sometimes, remember how much you help people. Just don't go putting on airs about it. Subscribed. Duncan Scales. Thank you, Duncan. Well, thank you, Duncan. Very that sweet. Very sweet. And finally, uh, from Chuck Cora, who I have to assume is the same Chuck Cora from uh, Apod Latcha, which is a wonderful podcast that me and Trey have both been on. Go listen to it. Dear Fancy Folks, wanted to drop a comment in response to Trey mentioning last week that hunting is important for the ecosystem. Paraphrasing. This is very true especially for moose in Maine. I'm by no means an expert, but we recently visited my wife's family there, and many of them are seasoned moose hunters. I believe it's meese is the uh, <laughs> plural. Uh, moosen. Hunting moosen. Hunting moosen is highly regulated and seen as an important part of managing a healthy mycin population and reducing parasit- parasitic- parasiticism in them. Permits are, that's one of them words that I've seen a lot but never said, parasitism. In them, permits are extremely hard to get because tens of thousands apply for only a few thousand permits. It took her uncle, a native Mainer, like seven years to get one. Anyways, moose meat hits real hard. Her uncle bagged one and sent moose steaks and burgers down to us, and it's about the best goddamn meat I've ever had. Fringe benefits of marrying into the right family. Love the show. It's probably my new favorite podcast. Thank you, Chuck Cora. How sweet. I need to give me some of that moose meat, baby. I ain't never had it. And that does it for the airmail. There you go. Huh? The airmail section of, of clearing the air here with yeah. the after on after airs. That was a damn trip. and that was a damn good one, y'all. Keep them coming. Uh we love getting the emails. I'm gonna try to I'll also go back and respond to them individually, but we'll definitely read them on here. We appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate you telling your friends. That's another thing you can help us with by not only subscribing and downloading and rating it five stars. If everyone out there that listens to this show, you've got a friend. Well, when you're friends with somebody, that usually means you've got a lot in common and you share some of the same sensibilities, which is reason to believe that they too would like this show. So if everyone out there recommended this show to just one person, boom, we have doubled our listenership. And then we'll start doing it pyramid scheme style from then on. There you go. Make a hit. All right. Love y'all. See you next time. Say goodbye. Skew.